What's up, guys? Uh, no easy buckets back here. Me, uh, J- back with Jacob again. Uh, Walker's joining me what this up? time. What up, dude? Glad, uh, glad we could get this in. Uh, a jam-packed week. Um, Too jam-packed. Very. Seems like every day something's happening. Every day, every day. I mean, we we had a several like three or four pods last week, uh, leading up to the draft, which the draft was a lot of fun. A lot of stuff going on. We'll get into that in just a second, but. It's really been like honestly every single day since like last Monday there has been like the Monday leading up to the draft there has been nonstop content nonstop Absolutely. like talking points so it's it's really it's really the, the honestly NBA has the best off season in my opinion I'm partial but you there it's controlling up until summer like there's like a three weeks of downtime <laughs> yeah and I get, I get annoyed by all those hashtag this league hashtags but it's it's kind of true you know the NBA yeah. like you said it's kind of crazier than everything else um we're not even to July 1 yet and whoa just is steady dropping bombs so <laughs> I've educated sorry my dog in the background there I've educated uh plenty of people this week on Woj bombs not sure how that's possible working in an NBA office but uh you know it is it is what it is and again I apologize for any future dog barks because she's a little antsy right now and I'm the only A-okay. person at home hey <laughs> okay there yeah, it's crazy that like people that follow the NBA aren't more in tune on uh, Woj. You know, that was somebody that I, we came across pretty early. I mean, he's just—I mean, him and Mark Stein are must-follows. Like, you got to follow those two if you want to be up to date on stuff going on. But he's—you uh, know—we'll we'll jump into it a uh, little bit of a—we're not going to get too deep into the draft here. Uh, it's the—we do need to talk about it though, because uh, I think tomorrow or uh, Friday I'll have a more in-depth pod, probably with Blake Thornton. Uh, going through a little bit more pick by pick, not nothing too uh, dry, but get into the Grizzlies a little bit, and then uh, kind of the top picks, and, and get a little bit, you know, a full draft dedicated pod. But I wanted to get the free agency and the trade stuff out of the way with you before we, um, you know, before it got too, you got, got too much more content out there. But the thing that really led the draft night, besides the picks, you know, you had the the Philly trade that we've already talked about with um, Markel Fultz going number one after Philly traded it with Boston, and you pretty much had chalk after that. Um, but right before the draft started, you had uh, Woj, of course, breaking the news that Jimmy Butler was going to be traded from the Bulls to the Timberwolves, and they were going to swap Chris Dunn, who the Bulls targeted last year. Uh, it was going to get sent to the Bulls along with Zach Levine, and they were going to. The original was they were just going to send the seventh pick with the trade to uh, Chicago, which seemed like a decent haul. Still, probably. See, I, I, you probably had the feeling too, but I had the feeling you could have gotten more on the surface before you even found more out about the trade that you feel like they could have got more than that. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler, wh- where would you say he is in the top 20? I mean, is he yeah. a top 15 player? I would say, I mean, he's all NBA, I believe. I mean, I would yeah, say top so he's, 15. So he's yeah. all top 15, if not top 12. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're trading a player of that stature, you better get the farm, especially, yeah. you know, we'll touch on Paul George shortly, but if Paul George gets traded, you know, I mean, I know he didn't make All-NBA this year, but, you know, he's widely regarded as one of the best, one of the best 15, 20 players in the league. Um, obviously, highly sought after. He's dominating the new cycle. The thing with him is, you know, he's only got one year left, and he's not guaranteed to stay wherever he goes unless it's L.A. Well, Jimmy Butler is a little bit different, right? I mean, he is... What is he? Yeah, two, two two years, years remaining. Two years on remaining a, on a cheaper deal. On a cheaper deal, mm-hmm. um, you know, people think he's 
depending on who you ask, you know, some people would rather have Jimmy Butler, some people would have Paul George. I mean, they're honestly probably pretty close. He's never had the type of injury that Paul George has. You know, that doesn't say there's any lasting effects, but it's still there. So all that being said, to me it is a little surprising they didn't get a little more, especially considering, you know, the, the other pick got sent back. Uh, you know, we've talked about it, Levine. Coming off the ACL, you know, Sinkovic restricted, and then Chris Dunn, he showed some, he showed some things, you know, he, he but yeah. other times he was out of the rotation. So, um, it's it's interesting. If if they love Chris Dunn, I don't think they would have let him go because they're already talking still about trying to trade Ricky Rubio. And if that was the case, it's probably always been the case. And if they like Dunn, they wouldn't have let him go. Similar to Brendan Ingram in L.A., you know, they're unwilling to let him go. Now, I'm not saying Chris Dunn's going to be, you know, he's got the same kind of ceiling, but similar situation. So, yeah, I, I don't think they got enough for uh, for it. No, I, I, I'm on the same line of thinking. And, you know, that was before we even found out the fact that right. they sent the 16th pick back yes, to Minnesota, which is absolutely unbelievable like unbelievable. when i found that out at first off i'm like okay front offices make lopsided trades sometimes just because they just want to get you know it's understandable you got two first round picks you got two young players you know dunn and levine okay you know what i'll live with it no you swap the picks out two top 16 picks in the draft that is absurd to me and you know you touched on Dunn and Levine a little bit. You know, Dunn was a guy I like coming out of college. I uh, thought he was going to show a little bit more on offense than he did last year. But, you know, they had a that, the, the uh, Minnesota point guard situation is a little clustered, and you also have ball-dominant players on there, which is why I think they were so, you know, on board with getting rid of Dunn because with you, when you have Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler on your wing and you also have a, a center, you know, a four-slash-five in Towns that is heavy needs heavy touches – you don't necessarily need a point guard that's going to need the ball in his hands. So you have a guy like Ricky Rubo, who's a primary distributor, or you get a guy like a George Hill or, you know, somebody like a Patty Mills to run the bench. And like a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands, can off ball shoot something, you know, be a shooter off the ball. That's what, you know, that's why in my opinion, they didn't have a problem giving up done because, you know, they, they had, they like, we can find the point guard to fit with this roster. They're not right. worried about it. it. You know, Butler and Wiggins are going to have the ball in their hands the majority of the time anyway. It can kind of be like Harden out there in uh, in Houston. So, but it's still it's still really amazing that a team like Chicago in that market can continue to just make. You know, you don't really you don't have to win championships every year to sell out games. You know, they sell out when they don't even go to the playoffs. It's just it's amazing to me that they can't put a better group of uh a better talent together to manage that that organization it's really i agree yeah i think it's, that's minnesota's definitely gonna have to get some shooting it'll be interesting to see because they've got space obviously um seems like, yeah it seems like you can find stuff like that i mean that may be a destination for somebody like kyle Korver if he doesn't resign with cleveland you've got jj reddick on the market you know they're gonna have cap space because they yeah uh, you know they they haven't had to pay. Wiggins Many people think they're yet. definitely going to be getting into the playoffs next year, which would mean someone has to get bumped. Yeah. Uh, the obvious candidate is the Memphis Grizzlies, and well, that's not yeah. for not for this podcast. I, I do know that yeah. uh, Chandler Parsons did say today he's 100% pain free. You know, take that uh, what you will, Praise but uh, he he should be ready to go with no restrictions come training camp in September. But anyway, we're not going to go down that not not, not that <laughs> not rabbit hole yet. That's another. That's another special pod, but, but yeah, I mean, I would say they, you know, on the surface, depending on what they add in free agency, which I feel like some some veterans will probably trickle over there. 
you know, you'll have a couple of role players that go over there. Um, uh, you know, they may be a prime candidate for getting, you know, another trade or two. But uh, I, I think they have a good chance. You know, they, they, I thought people, a lot of people thought they'd make the playoffs last year. Um, you have some upheaval, as we'll talk about here in a minute, in the rest of the Western Conference up at the top. So, I mean, you, you, there's, a, there's some chances there. I mean, you really have to prove it. I mean, they haven't proven it yet. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to be fun. It's a, it's a really cool – that kind of dominated the draft talk, you know, it really the the draft was very deep, so it was kind of more of a chalk draft. There wasn't too many reaches. It wasn't like a, you know last year where Papagiannis went in the top in the lottery to to Sacramento, and it was like whoa, like no one even had him. In the, a lot of people didn't even have him in the first round. It right. wasn't really anything like that. You had some uh, pick for pick trades, uh, nothing too crazy. We'll cover that tomorrow. But um, you know Jimmy Butler really dominated the night. Um, I really think that that was a you know pretty important move. It's definitely a landscape move. You know it's going from the you take it's taking the thing is you know it's taking talent out of the east and putting it putting more in the west so if you look at it like that the western conference getting harder uh you know the eastern conference looks a lot easier for lebron as the as the seconds go by so um we'll see what happens with the rest of free agency but um something else that we kind of wanted to touch on is uh which could affect the eastern conference even more is the the rumors over uh paul george which has you know it's been about two weeks now um, you know, they've been kind of swirling around, but, uh, you know, the latest on there, it looks like that Boston's trying to get with him. What do you, what's your opinion on that? Like, what do you think, uh, what's the likelihood of that or what kind of, how do you see that building out? Yeah, I was, yeah. uh, sorry, I think you cut out there for a second, but I was asking you what kind of is your opinion on the Paul George, uh, scenario? As far as um, you know, what, what do you, how do you think that's going to play out? You know, what, how's that trade going to look? What's that trade going to look like? You know, what do you think is going to go? I don't think there's. If you gave any insight, oh, I apologize. Good. We had some technical difficulties. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure we can get that edited together, though. Um, Paul George, I think that he was. It will definitely be traded first and foremost. Um, many times, in my opinion, I think teams are a little scared. Um, to make a trade. I mean, we, we, we talk a lot about Boston and how, you know, especially you yeah. about how they've got all these assets and they've, they've held and they've held and they've held and they haven't made a move. Who knows? Maybe they, they know they're not going to make a move. I know this is kind of a sidebar and they are truly just trying to build for post LeBron, but they're continuously linked. Like they're in these talks. So who really knows? But I think about a team like Boston, if they did want to make a move there, it, it just seems like they're kind of scared to pull the trigger. Maybe they don't want to trade the wrong asset. Um, or not ask for enough. Um, these trades that have happened so far, both um, Jimmy Butler, now the Chris Paul trade, which we're about to discuss, I think that that uh, will loosen uh, Indiana up a little bit, and I think that they'll be more likely to pull the trigger. Um, I, I think this is so tough. I'm not, I'm not really putting my, my guarantee on this. I think he's going to end up in Cleveland. Um, I just think that LeBron will somehow find a way, GM LeBron, um, to get that done with, with Kevin Love going somewhere else. Um, obviously not to Indiana. They've got Miles Turner there. They've got uh, Ryan Leaf, TJ, I believe TJ. it is, from UCLA they just drafted. TJ, not Ryan Leaf. That's the, the NFL bust. Uh, so, yeah, they've got their young big man. I, I doubt they would want a progress stopper in Kevin Love. Um, but I, I think ultimately that's how it plays out. I mean, we, we know that Daryl Worry, which we'll talk about a little bit, would like to try to get Paul George in Houston to pair with that new team. 
Um, but I think ultimately in Cleveland, I mean, that makes sense. What do you think? Do you think Boston makes a run at him? I'm probably, I know what you're probably going to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm in favor of the Cleveland ad just because I think adding another um, wing talent to, uh, to LeBron and, and going up against the Warriors uh, in the upcoming, you know, in, in the probably the, the fourth uh, edition of the finals next year would be interesting. Um, I mean, I, you know, I do make fun of ball, make fun about Boston a little bit. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a big you know back in my early NBA 2K Xbox days. I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, hoarding assets Absolutely. and getting as many picks as possible. I mean, that's I, I love when teams do that. I love what Philly did with the process. I loved what you know Daryl Morey was kind of doing with being a little different than everybody, getting some picks. You know, making that team just like three point heavy. I like what Boston has done. I do think that. Now, they may have this, maybe some grand plan. Of course, everybody wants to give Danny Ainge the benefit of the doubt, and that's okay because he has won pretty much every trade that he's made, uh, you would say, up to this point. His draft picks haven't been the best, but those have also been you know, mid, middle right. first, late first round. So it's not like you're picking from blue-chip talent either. But um, I do think – I think it's interesting. I think Boston has the best package. There's a, if, if, if he gets traded to Boston – I think, you know, I'm going to say that I think Boston, I mean, I think Indiana gets a better haul than Chicago got for Jimmy Butler. Absolutely. Just because of the, the rumors that I've seen, there's looking like there's at least one, maybe two future first-round picks, whether that be the, the Clippers or Memphis pick, and then maybe the lost the Lakers pick next year going to uh, Indiana. And then also maybe like a, a – they're going to have to – the thing is with Boston is if they want to also sign another free agent to the max – they're going to have to unload probably Crowder and Avery Bradley or, you know, a smart, a smart or somebody. So you think about if, if, if Avery Bradley and James, uh, Jameson Crowder go into that trade to, uh, to Indiana, that's a great haul. I mean, you've got Crowder for, I think, two oh, more years, maybe three, like $8 million a year. He's like, I think, two to three more years on that contract. Bradley is up for a free agent extension next year. But if you like what you have with Turner, Bradley, and Crowder, and maybe your draft picks, you can you can re-sign Avery Bradley in Indiana if he wants to stay there because you have the money to do that. You're not going to have those albatross contracts that if you took a Kevin Love or you took somebody like that. So I think it does set up nice. Even though Indiana has, in my opinion, waited too late, yep. I do think they are in position. They the thing is, they're holding out on Boston. They're not. I'm sure Ainge has tried to get by with the bare minimum to save all his assets for other trades and other acquisitions. But they have held out, and they've been difficult uh, enough to where I, they're probably going to get a pretty good haul if he doesn't go into Boston. But like I like I said, I think that maybe maybe this these Boston rumors are just enough to put L.A. over to put the Lakers over the top and offer Brandon Egram, which is probably who. Indiana is Absolutely. trying to get away from them. That's that's who they want. They want Ingram. Um, I don't know how I'd feel about that for the Lakers. I know you can't just sit back on your heels and, and wait for Paul George because if he does go somewhere like Cleveland and they go to the championship or he goes to Houston like we talked about and, and they go to the finals or something or they almost beat Golden State, it's hard to convince a guy to leave a great situation. He wants to leave Indiana now because it's not a good situation. They were the eighth seed and they got right. swept and they – already lost to LeBron twice in the conference finals so you do you can't always sit back I do think it's probably best if they can get him with the current assets they have now but we'll see uh, like I said dream destination is Cleveland it would be fun to see that 
Um, we'll just see what happens. I don't didn't seem like Kevin Love is garnering that much interest around the league, which you really he has he has to have a certain situation. Like if you're a rebuilding team, you don't want Kevin Love. If your team trying to compete, and you already have some pieces around him. It can work. Right. I so think there's really very few suitors because no one in the East is going to want to do it because they don't want to make Cleveland better. And like you said, the no. majority of the West is you know or not the majority. Half the West, you know, might be rebuilding, so they don't want him. And then there's the other people that don't have the cap for. I mean, so it's 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 very specific. That's mm-hmm. why only a couple teams have been brought up. But anyway, yeah, I actually think just interject here. Something I just thought about would be interesting to see. Um, maybe San Antonio get involved. I don't know if they could work that, but I would. It would be. I know they're trying to move Lamarcus Aldridge, and Phoenix has been involved with uh, kind of a few Kevin Love rumors and some Lamarcus Aldridge rumors. I don't know if you could get like a four-team trade going, or like if somehow you could get Lamarcus on Phoenix and and Kevin Love on San Antonio. If you could do two separate trades, I don't know how that would work. But I actually think Kevin Love uh, with you know Popovich would be very interesting to see what he could do there. I think that would be really fun. But yeah, you know, I agree. Like, I mean, Love's going to give you there. just as much, if not more, than what Aldridge has. So. Oh uh, yeah. You know. Better shooting, better shooting. Probably a little bit worse. Aldridge seems defense, to have but. backfired a little bit. Yeah, I mean, in in reality, I mean, he deserved a max contract. He's a really, really good oh, player. Oh, not that but, he didn't garner that, yeah. but no, no, no. It's just, I mean, I don't. He's just kind of a special. He's he, the thing is, he's a player that's easy to pick apart. He's a player that's easy to ridicule because he's not a very physical player. He's away from the basket. He's a jump shooter, and he can disappear. He can disappear in a game. You know, he had some great games against Memphis, but he can also disappear against you know Golden State or somebody. So. He's he at the time he was probably the best signing, but you know of course the Spurs can do anything with anybody. So that's why it's not always about you know who the best player is out there. It's always about what the best right. what the best fit is. Um, right. So right. Um, kind of wanted to transition a little bit. I know we had in our kind of rundown we had uh, CP3 next, but I want to get Phil Jackson out of the way so we can kind yeah, of we don't close talk about this very long. Trade. Right, right, right. I want to really get in in depth a little bit on the CP3 trade. So I want to talk about Phil Jackson which um, there was some over-the-night Woj bombs. I was getting Woj bombs. Even on the West Coast at like 12.30 yeah. in the morning, I was like going to bed, and I was like, oh, wait, Woj is, Woj is typing away. Woj is typing away. He's, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep. So uh, looks uh, Phil Jackson's officially out at New York uh, a few, you know, a couple years too late, in my opinion. I saw he made $60 million from the, from the news. That's crazy. I mean, I also saw that there was a couple weeks ago they picked up a two-year option on him, and they could have let him. He could have. They could have let him walk away and not owed him any more money. But they picked up the option, and they have to pay him like ten million more dollars or something like that to buy him out. Right. It, which is such bad management by the Knicks. It's it's all along the lines of Chicago, but he's he's been kind of putting poor Zingas out there and trade rumors. Uh, he's been you know stirring up the pot a little bit you know he's still trying to run the triangle he's still not you know in my opinion he's not putting the best competitive team on the court that he can he's he's turned Carmelo Anthony against him too so that's a whole messed up situation I'm glad to see him go same I mean looks like they're going after uh Ujiri or however you pronounce his name from Toronto as their first candidate and I mean I don't know, man. I mean, I get that New York's a mecca, and that's a draw, but I, I wouldn't want to work for James Dolan. So not making any no. excuses for Phil Jackson because he's made a lot of questionable decisions. As, you know, starting with even if you don't like Carmelo, you can't publicly throw him under the bus um, when he's your best player and the Knicks fans love him. That's just not the right thing to do. 
Um, yeah, the Porzingis thing, unbelievable. So bad that New Yorkers even started the Don't Trade Porzingis movement with, you know, erecting billboards throughout the city, which is fantastic. Um, I just think they need, they need something fresh. They don't, they don't, they don't need someone like a Phil Jackson that's going to come in there, um, in command. I mean, I, I get, I get it that it's New York. I get that. Um, you know, the media is a different circus there. You know, there's a few cities, maybe LA that are similar to that. Maybe Boston, maybe. Um, but they're, they're not the Knicks right now. You know, they, they have no choice but to rebuild. They've got some, they've got some nice pieces in Porzingis, in Hernan Gomez. Um, I mean, they're going to have some space in cap. So we'll see. I, I, I hope they, they follow back and get back to where they were. Um, but as far as Phil Jackson goes, I don't, I don't think any, any team should even consider making, you know, him a decision maker. It's one thing for him to be a consultant. Um, but I, it was a failure. That's short of, you know, any, nothing to gloss over there, but it's just, you're right. He's a failure. He, you know, at the time it was like, Oh, the Knicks are making moves. They're hiring Phil Jackson. But when you realize that he was taking an old school coach player, mentality to the front office when the NBA was really in flux of a lot of GMs that weren't former players that came from a different background. I really think the cards were stacked against him. And I don't think that, you know, it's not like former coaches and players can't be succeed as a, you know, operations and GM and stuff like that. But I think you have to really have a good grip on the new age of the NBA and really what, uh, you know, what teams are doing and, and also be open to, to change too. And I think that's something that Jackson was, I mean, the, the dude's won, you know, was it like 10 championships or something like that? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, like, ridiculous. the thing is, you're not going to walk into a room and tell him what to do because he probably does. He, I mean, he's got the credentials to tell you to, to screw right. off. Like, it's not. But the thing is, you don't want that type of mentality in a place like that when you're trying to rebuild a team. And I think uh, Masai out of uh, Toronto would be a great hire. I don't know if that'd be the best decision for him. I do think that he eventually right. moves away from. Uh, from Toronto, and it would be interesting. I mean, if, if you can, if you feel like you're good enough to deal to basically block James Dolan out and tell him that you're in control, and because I, I do think Dolan would give you the keys to, to everything. I mean, that's he did it to Phil Jackson. I think he probably right. falls in love with these guys. I think he'd give him the keys, and that's something that you know, a longtime basketball fan, he's probably grew up watching the Knicks, so it, it could be you never know, it could be something that tempts him a little bit, but uh, regardless, uh. I don't think they're in a great position. I look for Carmelo to be traded or bought out, uh, rebuild. Hopefully. Um, see what they can do with their picks. Uh, Frankie, uh, as Kevin O'Connor says, Frankie Nicotine. He got hurt today. He did? Uh, yeah, he left practice first practice, I believe, with some sort of a knee injury. I'm not sure how serious it was. Wow. But that, I, I believe, this afternoon. Um, also, Malik Monk's got a bad ankle injury. Doesn't look like he's playing in summer league. Oh, so. that is a, the worst news I could have heard today. I wanted to see him throw up some shots. But, I know. but yeah, I think he's got an outside shot at rookie of the year. By the way, I do too. I do too. I mean, I you, a lot of times you see rookie of the years are guys who average the most points. And as we saw with the NBA awards the other day, I don't even know how some people vote for these guys, like with defense and and you know all this yeah. stuff. So you never know. <laughs> people can like Michael Carter Williams long ago won rookie of the year. So unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. But but uh, the main thing we wanted to talk about uh, getting all that stuff out of the way was uh, the news that broke also this morning by Woj was uh, the CP3 trades. Chris Paul heading from, uh, which he'd already opted, he had tentatively opted out of well, his, his yeah. uh, option, right? 
he had opted out right and, and he decided he did him a solid is what right, he did that's what he did which is i think was great for the clippers best case scenario by a thousand well, it was also great for the Rockets. You know, they had to get shed cap anyway. Right, and they also his option is less than what he would be making per year on uh, the new right. cap. But uh, so they got him to opt back in. They're trading him. You know, there's a whole slew of players. You know, the headliners are Patrick Beverly, uh, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, some more filler players that were with some other trades and cash, and then a 2018 first round pick, which is great. Uh, you know, I mean, it's probably not going to be a great pick, but you think about it, you know, we saw some movement with late first round picks this year with teams like the Lakers and, and the jazz and stuff. It, those picks are valuable. If they're in the top 30, the picks are valuable. Right. So, well, it's not even necessarily the player that they're going to get for it, but they can turn around and reflip it as an asset. Right. You know, that's I mean, what, yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. That's like you're talking about the value that it holds. It's, they may never pick, but it's certainly ammunition for something else. Right. And I mean, this is obviously the, the big story here is, uh, you know, Harden and CP3 coming together, which it said Harden was a really key part, really key component in getting CP3 to agree to this. They want to play together. Um, you know, they're both, uh, CP3 is a much stronger personality than Harden. You know, Harden has been seen as kind of a laid back guy who doesn't take a lot too serious, but he's an unbelievable player. You know, two years in a row finishing in the top, you know, back to, you know, runner up in the MVP. So he won't be doing that next year. <laughs> well, if he does, then they're probably winning the title. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, unlikely that you see that. But they, if they can coexist and they can, you know, they already have some sh- some quality shooters there. I think there's still, you know, you hinted at, you know, Maury looking into a Paul George trade. There's some moves to be made there. But that is a team, like we said, you, the Warriors have barely been in the news since the last game of the finals. People were all ready to stop watching the NBA for the next three years and go, you know, start getting on lacrosse or something. And it's like, this is what happens. You know, teams that start to show shades of a dynasty cause chain reactions within the league. And you have stuff like this that happens where now it's like, oh, can they compete with the Warriors? Whereas two weeks ago it was like, can anyone beat the Warriors for the next three years? So I love seeing stuff like this. This is really, uh, really exciting to me. You know, you can get into what you little bit you think about them coexisting together, but uh, I'm excited to see it happen. I thought it was interesting today I saw that it was reported that Chris Paul, obviously, as you mentioned, heavily recruited by James mm-hmm. Harden, um, which you I mean you love seeing those kind of relationships between players. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, what, I, what it was reported is that he actually um, liked the idea of playing a little bit more off the ball, um, you know, especially if he can pick and choose his spots. Obviously, we know CB3 is a great facilitator, a great player. He's a great defensive player. Um, you know... I went back and forth on this. My the initial knee jerk reaction is that makes no sense. You know, they everyone wants the ball, but I I think I think ultimately that it, that it's going to be fine. I think that talent will prevail mm-hmm. and that it will certainly take some time to get used to, but I don't think that players of, of this magnitude, especially CP3 who's widely regarded as a very intelligent player, I don't think that he would have made this decision if he didn't think that he would ultimately be happy because one of the biggest things that led to him opting out originally was him just flat out not being happy in L.A. I mean, there's even a report by NBC Sports, and I don't know how much I buy of this, that he grew happy, unhappy with Doc Rivers because he showed more favoritism towards his son. 
I saw I, that. Again, take that what you will, because obviously the talent level, it shouldn't get under Chris's skin. He's kind of earned his respect. It shouldn't matter. Uh, but the bottom line is he wasn't happy, and he wanted to leave there. And I don't think he would potentially go to a situation where he might be unhappy again. Now, granted, he's got one year left on his deal, so maybe he views this as let's try it out. If I'm not happy here and I don't enjoy this, then I can just go get paid somewhere else. So that kind of solves that problem. Um, but ultimately, I think I think it works out. It'll be interesting to me to see if Carmelo gets bought out. I think Houston is probably second to maybe only Cleveland, depending on how much money he would want from his. You know, I mean, obviously he could take little because the, the the Knicks are still going to pay him twenty plus million. But you know, if someone like Carmelo goes there, that's yet another person that likes to have the ball uh, all the time, especially in those late game situations. Um, so, and we haven't even, well, we touched on it earlier. Daryl Morey is still aggressively trying to get Paul George in a trade. Uh, these are all scenarios that'll happen, but I think ultimately the more I think about it, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about their relationship working out. Um, the only thing that I worry about is on the defensive end. Again, we know that Chris Paul is a good defensive player. Um, I don't think he's to the caliber, or especially not to the physicality of Patrick Beverly. So it'll be interesting for me to see if Chris, I mean, if James Harden will have to be picking up a better player more often, where maybe Patrick Beverly took him a little bit more last year, and you can kind of hide, kind of similar to how Clay and Steph do. So I think it will put James a little bit more in the spotlight on the defensive end. But as far as offensively goes, there's so much talent there. And the Rockets are already such a, I mean, they're such a good shooting team. You know, they're kind of predicated on offense the way Maury's built a team, especially if they can keep on to Ron Anderson, which it looks like they will now because, you know, they don't need to shed any more caps. So I, I, I'm pretty optimistic. I know people we like to follow, like Bill Simmons, he said he's pretty pessimistic about it. But I'm actually going to go with optimism here and think it's going to work out because these two guys want to play together. They want to try to win. Chris is getting older. I think he'll defer a little bit. And, uh, let James lead if he has to. Yeah, uh, I I agree. There's there's a lot to be optimistic about. Um, I I think they can coexist. I think you you didn't really give up any of your best shooters in that trade. I mean, you still have like you said, Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza, right? Not uh, only Lou Williams, also right? And he was only there for a couple months, and you know he's going back to LA. Right. It's kind of funny. He's headed back to the other team, but you you, you lose a little in depth. But when you when you create a team like this. You become a destination for those vet minimum guys. Those guys like Vince Carter, guys like Kyle Korver, absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, PJ Tucker, things like that. You, which they've are. I've heard him rumored as a guy that might. You know, he's a. He can be. You know, he's a three and D player. That would be a great addition to them. He's another. He's basically a, a very similar player to Trevor Ariza, probably a little bit better defender. Um, but that's a great, great addition for them. You know, I, I think you know, Carmelo would be interesting there. If he gets bought out, I think it's Houston or Cleveland, uh, one of those. Uh, if Cleveland doesn't get Paul George, uh, probably I could see Melo going there. But, I mean, he's buddies with P- Chris Paul and LeBron are widely believed to be his, you know. He's not going to Chicago with D-Wade for sure. And, you know, I, they're, they're, they're uh, rumored to be his uh, – no, you know, he's not rumored, but they are his close friends. So I think that would be probably the two uh, biggest destinate or top destinations for him. Also, something that I saw today was that next year, 2018 free agency, this time next year, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, 
and Carmelo Anthony are all set to be unrestricted free agents. Banana boat, Banana boat let, it let it happen. Let's rendezvous in like, I mean, Brooklyn or something just crazy. Eh. I don't even know. I think it would honestly. I mean, it could be the Clippers. It honestly. could be. I, I think it, I, honestly, I think it would be a team that none of them are on right now. I think that is what it ha- what happens. It's going to be an L.A. squad or uh, it's going to be a squad like the Clippers that have basically no cap, nobody on their cap or, uh, you know, somewhere like a, you know, a my you know, I don't think they'd go back to Miami, but somewhere like that. Uh, it's going to be one of those. I don't think they can all get to Cleveland. I don't think it would happen. I don't think LeBron wants that to happen. But um, that's it's all set up to be the banana boat crew, which is really, really interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't think that crew can win a title. Let me just put that out there right <laughs> I now. I don't think. No, I don't think. Uh, the main reason I don't think so is uh, is uh, D Wade. If D Wade's playing major minutes for you, I don't see. I mean, he's a great player. I love D Wade to death. Uh, big fan of him. But I don't think you can. With the money that you would pay there, I don't think you'd be able to scrape together a good enough bench. Now, if you had, I think Paul, Mello, and LeBron could do it. Uh, just them, I, I think they could because I think you can. Where you know, even if he goes to Houston, I think Mello is a off-ball shooter. Where the ball, I mean, you're not going to run the ball through Mello if you have Chris Paul and James Harden on your team. He's going to take a secondary role to them, uh, even uh, you know, less than that. So, if you have Mello as a spot-up shooter. Somebody who can get you buckets on your bench unit. That's basically Mello in the Olympics. Right, right, right. Unstoppable. You have him anchoring that bench unit or something like that. You know, anchoring the second unit. Uh, you know, you stagger the rotations. That's that's very very intriguing. Very, you can't have too much talent. I mean, I don't think Mello. He's at a point in his career. He's made his money. I don't think he's looking to go be the number one player anywhere because he's not going to be. He's not. Really, he's not the number one player in the Knicks right now. So right. that that would be interesting to me. Something I wanted to get on a little bit. And we've talked about the implications here for the Rockets and how they're probably going to get some you know vet minimum guys and maybe another trade in there. Uh, man, I don't know if they they can't make enough space. I don't think for another free agent to come out right, uh, a max guy. But the the ramifications on the Clippers, who are about the same time Chris Paul initially tentatively opted out of his contract, Blake Griffin also opted out. Now, they really the only major player they have under contract right now is DeAndre Jordan. I think he's got one year left. J- J.J. Redick is also unrestricted. Do you think this leads to – do you think there's any chance that Blake Griffin could return to, the, to here and maybe them go after another player, or do you think he's long gone? I think that he will be courted by several teams, and I don't, I don't think that he, is, he will rule out, going back to the Clippers now, that there's a fresh look. Right. Um, I think ultimately he leaves, but um, you know the biggest the biggest thing that we've said about the Clippers for years now is their depth is terrible. So you know I'm obviously especially as Grizzlies fans we're not huge fans of the Clippers, but it, it will be nice to see them have a little bit more depth, um, add a little bit more youth, um, a little bit more personality in a different sense. Obviously with you know DeAndre Blake, Chris, JJ, they have a lot of personality, but you know, adding Lou Williams and a Pat Beverly uh, is is much much different in that whole crew. So I think it's a nice change for them. I think they need a breath breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, we like the pick for them. So I th- I think that this was a pretty good grab for them. Um, but do I think Blake comes back? I, probably not. I mean, unless it just has to do with something related to finances. 
Um, I just think he's going to have plenty of quarters. And if Chris Paul was unhappy and he was kind of tired of the Doc Rivers regime and everything like that, I could see Blake feeling the same way. So it might end up just being poor, poor DeAndre because I can tell you J.J. Reddick's not coming back. No, I think he's going to, which rightfully so, I think he's going to go to a middle-of-the-pack contender like a Minnesota or a, um, I don't think, I don't know if Cleveland can make room for him, but somebody like that, maybe a Milwaukee or something where he can get more money than he's going to get anywhere else and he can go probably two to three years. I do think there's probably a year or two at the end of his end of his career like a Kyle Korver where you like Kyle Korver where you go you know vet minimum just to be a a shooter that plays 15 to 20 minutes a game but he's not there yet he's still a starter caliber player he's still yeah he's been on he's making like five million a year six million a year he's been on a very very cheap deal so he's going to try to make double he's probably going to try to make 10 to 11 million dollars a year which he deserves i think he is i think he's going to get that i I think he might make more than 15 15? yeah it depends on the team i think so i mean if you if Minnesota, well, yeah, it depends on where he's what he's willing right. to take. In Minnesota, if you can't get anybody else to bite, you may throw that money at JJ Redick to get him there. You know, I don't know how he fits with that core. I mean, maybe you go small, but I mean, that's a, there's teams out there. You know, there's New York's going to have money if they get rid of uh, Mello. Well, I mean, they'll still have him on the books, but they'll still have cap space. Brooklyn has cap space. There'll be teams out there, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, I did, but you're right. He, he could, I think he's going to get north of ten million for sure uh, in the minimum, but. Yeah, it's interesting. They don't have a lot of depth there. They don't have a lot of young. Their draft picks have been pretty terrible, you know. And that's me being, you know, nice. You know, they just right. They've had late first round picks the past two or three years, and they've also traded some of those picks. But they, what you see a lot of these teams do is they don't. They maybe they draft for like some need they might have or some like theoretical need they might. Have. They don't know it in a position where you're a perennial playoff team and you have a late first round pick and you actually didn't happen to trade it, you need to go with a high upside player, a player that dropped in the draft, a player that might can sit on the D-League for a year or two, but a player that has upside, not a player like they drafted like Diamond Stone last year. or maybe it was like, <laughs> Yeah, he's, like a, he's an old-school big man. They, in the year before, they drafted Bryce Johnson from, from, uh, from uh, North Carolina, and it's like these players are at best, at best bench role players in the NBA. And they probably aren't even going to be that. They're going to be out of the league. They're not even going to make it to a second contract. And there's there's players that were picked right after those guys that are contributing major minutes now. It, I do like the pick they have, though, this year, Juwan Evans from Oklahoma State. I've sung his praises a little bit on the pod. Um, seen right. him. A lot, a lot of writers are big fans of him, too. He's kind of a flew-under-the-radar guy. But I think giving him the reins to the – you know him and Austin Rivers there. I think he's going to be better than Rivers for sure. But they'll probably start out the season with Rivers starting. But you got some potential. I don't think Blake stays. I think he goes probably to a, a Miami or a Boston or something like that. Uh, DeAndre is another trade candidate. I would try. He's going to DeAndre to me. Got to yeah, trade him. He's got going to, to be. He's him. going to be pouting anyway. He's not going to want to play with those young guys. Which I mean, I understand. He's not built for this the, for the NBA nowadays. No, anyway. no, he. There is a there's there's going to be destinations for him. There's going to be teams that would give up a first round pick for him. So you've already got. I'm looking at their pick situation here. You've got Houston's pick next year. I think you have your own pick next year as well. So uh, and it's only protected. The Houston pick next year is only one through three protected. So that's going to probably convert unless something drastic Absolutely. happens. An earthquake. Oh, earthquake yeah, in Texas. First one ever. <laughs> but yeah, so you're gonna you you're probably gonna have two first round picks next year. You're, uh, the Clippers' own pick, depending on what they do, is probably going to be either you know they're gonna they're not going to be any higher than an eight or a seven seed if they happen to make the playoffs. Probably going to be in the lottery, 
Uh, that's just best case scenario. They make they scrape they sneak into the playoffs. Uh, some other teams suffer some injuries or drop off, but so you're going to have two middle of the pack. You're, you're going to have at least a, a, a decent first round pick and then a late first round pick, and hopefully you can get something else. If I were them, I would try to either keep it in the 18 to 19 draft because the 19 draft your pick is going to Boston, so you need to try to keep the you don't go too future with the picks. Try to build you a young core now. There's some there's some good players in the next couple of drafts. I think they could get some some good talent and then. Uh, Scrape around the league. There's going to be players that are going to be needing to be unloaded. Kind of like you got D'Angelo Russell to the to the Nets right now. Be a team that's willing to accept salary, or be a team that's willing to help make other trades work. That's how you. That's how teams like Brooklyn in a couple of years might be a contender. They've got guys like that. They've got D'Angelo, who, in my opinion, is going to be. I think could be an All Star level player. You know, he's got the talent to do that, and so they basically got him for really nothing. Um, so you. That, that's what I think the Clippers should take on. They should try to get rid of DeAndre. You know, it'll be tough in the L.A. market to go one or two years at the bottom again. But you've built up – you're getting a new stadium. You've got an owner that's willing to spend. I think you play for the offseason. You know, maybe you do try to go after that banana boat crew. Maybe you do try to get LeBron at least. You know, if LeBron comes, you get more people. But I think you should kind of take a uh, – don't try to throw money at people right now. That's how you could screw up. Like the Lakers did last year with Ding – and Mozgov, stupid contracts. It, they they threw right. money at them because they had money to spend. It was it was it was terrible terrible decisions, you know, an old front office. So now they're having to unload good players to get rid of those bad contracts to sign actual you know contending caliber players. So don't make that decision. I don't think the Clippers are listening to this pod, but they happen to, you know. <laughs> Keep my yeah, words. I mean, basically, you just made the case for you to be the next GM of the New York Knicks. So hey, we'll see. Bring it on. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, you're you're pretty you're pretty spot on. Yeah. So um, I'm sure there's going to be stuff continue to happen. You know, even there's probably going to be something you and Blake are going to have to break down tomorrow night. Yeah, it's like I you said. Know, you know, probably going to have a Paul George and a you know uh, LeBron's probably going to get traded or released or something stupid. <laughs> it's you know, Dan Gilbert just like fires him. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, honestly, at this point, I could see anything. You know, and and also Saturday is the opening of free agency, so. Right. Saturday at 12 a.m. or 12:30 a.m. or whatever, we're gonna see Woj bombs like crazy because teams are gonna make moves. They can't go into effect till like the 7th of July, I believe. But you're gonna yeah, see you're gonna see players moving. You're gonna see once you see where players are landing and where they're visiting, you're gonna see uh, more trades. I think that may be what Boston's waiting on to see if they can actually get Gordon Absolutely. Hayward. But um, but I know you got to get out of here. So we're gonna make that kind of close this off. Uh, we'll go, like I said, tomorrow. Me and Blake are gonna jump on uh, and get a more draft-heavy pod. Kind of go over a few of the picks, go a little bit, uh, go down a little bit of a Grizz rabbit hole. Not gonna do an off-season thing, but um, we'll, we'll save that for another time. But, um, but yeah. So thank you guys for joining. If you don't have anything else, Walker, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. No easy buckets, guys. Appreciate it. See ya.
Better when 